Hello everyone, thanks for joining us. My name is Sean Lawson, Client Solutions Officer at Executive Wealth Management. As always, I'm joined by our Chief Investment Officer, Nathan Larson. Nathan, another interesting month we're, we're going through here and we're only seven days in. We met last month, inflation continued to be the talk of the town. We had a couple of, of updates that felt great and then we had a, a pullback. Um, feels like history repeating itself again, a week into October. So uh, we look at this year in the markets and as much as it's the same, we'll look at talk of a recession, um, hanging on every, every word the Fed has, things like inflation. We've been here before. When we're looking at the markets, it's also different. I mean, this year's different. I mean, how does your team look at that and, and how would you how would you think about that? Sure. You know, it's always different this time, right? We know that uh, we, we always hear it's the same and then people are always telling us it's different this time. Well, this, this year is unique. Uh, if we look at the chart here on the screen, we can see that, you know, 2022 is very different than any other year since 1976. And this goes back to when we have uh, first data for the aggregate bond index. This is the first year where the aggregate bond index is down in the same year that the S&P 500 is down. And so what we normally see is the S&P 500 is up and the bond index is up. That's the right upper right quadrant or uh, stocks are down and bonds are up, bonds are up in the upper left quadrant or bonds are down and stocks are up in the, in the bottom right. What you see here is a singular dot in the bottom left quadrant and not just part of the way into the bottom left quadrant, a long way into the bottom left quadrant. Stocks are down over 20%. Bonds are down over 14% as measured by the aggregate bond. It's a difficult period for, for the stock market. There has been no place to hide this year. You know, you can even think of something like gold. Well, gold is down 20% from its high in 2020. Um, so everything has been in a bear market. So that's well, that's what makes it different this year is, you know, we've seen short-term spikes in correlations between bonds and, and equities, but we haven't seen short-term spikes this um, this significant before. And we haven't seen them, them feel like this before where there is no place to hide uh, when you're when you're looking for a defensive measure. The only place you can possibly hide is, is shorter duration. But even that, you know, the two year Treasury bond is, is down you know, over 5% this year. It's, it's a rough place to be to invest this year. It's it has not been friendly to the investor. In a lot of ways, it's the same but different. It, it's, it's a tough year and everything is is hanging on the Fed where we look at inflation and some of the measures that the Fed is looking at to decide whether to raise rates to continue to, to slow the economy or continue or stabilize rates. For you and your team, as you're looking at inflation and you're looking at some of the economic indicators, what would you tell investors that are watching this of how you're approaching it and some of the things that, that are impacting the Fed's decisions? So some of the things that are affecting the Fed's decisions, number one, they're looking more at core inflation than they are at headline inflation. The headline inflation is, is what's being reported. That, that got up to 9.1% in um in june and so some of the some of the items that are in core inflation that were uh disturbing to the fed was housing prices were increasing 
And what are we seeing now? We're seeing housing prices turn back around. Why did housing prices increase so much? We had very low interest rates on mortgages. And then we had uh, an unnatural constraint on the supply of homes in the market. The supply of homes went from an average of over a million uh, to, to about, uh, what was it, about 500,000. That's a big drop in the supply of homes. So if we talk about supply, pure supply and demand, that throws the, the equilibrium off and all of a sudden prices start to rise. And we saw that. We saw a 20% rise in, in home prices, according to Realtor.com earlier this year. But what we're seeing now is we're seeing um, actually the supply go back up as well as how much people can pay for homes because interest rates on mortgages are up, you know, they're up over six and a half percent right now. So that's affecting the cost of homes and what people can buy. And what we're seeing is home prices start to come back down. They came back down by about 2.7% in, in uh, September, again, according to realtor.com. Now that's something that is good and that's something that we wanna see keep happening. Uh, the other thing that we haven't seen um, was in um, in July, we saw two job openings for every one person who is looking for a job. That causes wage inflation. Wage inflation can be pernicious, and what we want to see is we want to see wage inflation kind of um, kind of taper out a little bit. So what we saw on Wednesday of this week, we saw job openings about a million below what the consensus was going to be for job openings. That's good. And then on Thursday of this week, we saw. Um, unemployment claims, initial unemployment claims higher than what consensus was. And we also saw continuing unemployment claims higher than what we thought they were going to be. So what we're doing is we're trying to, you know, we're seeing a, a shrinking of that gap between the number of people who are looking for jobs and the number of, of jobs that are available. There's still plenty of jobs out there, but it's not, you know, wage inflation can start to go back down if, if we get that equilibrium of job seekers to jobs out there. Right. So we're, we're, we look at the Fed. We've got a, an inflation number coming next week. The Fed is raising rates. And, and for investors out there, one of the challenges that we face is, depending on what we're going through, there's, there's jargon that comes out and we hear dovish, hawkish, neutral policy, loose, tightened policy. I think it's important for people to, to understand that where the Fed has raised rates is to a point where they feel like it's neutral, meaning they're trying to slow people from going out and, and buying and slow hiring and, and balance out that supply demand equation so that we can bring prices down and get to a 2% inflation number, whether that happens in 2023, 24 remains to be seen. But as they raise rates, they're trying to make it more restrictive. Um, they're trying to thread this needle to keep hearing the idea of a recession. If they raise it too fast, knowing that a lot of this information lags, they're going to really hurt the economy and, and be in a place where they don't want to raise to create almost a hump of we're going to raise it, then we're going to lower it. They, they would like to, to find that place where it can be restrictive enough to get to where we want to be without choking the economy off. And, and that's where we find ourselves every month, hanging on this number and hanging on them trying to create a place where Americans can afford to buy things and the, the supply side of the equation matches what people are looking for. So we had talked a lot about rates and fixed income. Last month, we talked about not seeing spreads versus the treasuries, whether it's in the municipal market, the mortgage market, 
high yield market. And that's changed a little bit this month. Um, yeah, we've seen a negative return on rates as, as they've gone up from a total return standpoint. But for you and your team, are you looking at things a little bit differently this month in fixed income? And what would you tell investors? Yeah, so if we're going to find a silver lining, uh, the silver lining in, in fixed income falling so much this year is that there actually is an alternative to equity to get returns now. Um, you've seen the yields on, on two-year treasuries up over 4%. We haven't seen that in a long time. And so that means that, that people do not have to go out and go out on the risk spectrum beyond what they want to, to get the returns that they needed. There's now returns, not only in, in corporate treasuries, but all, or I'm sorry, in, in treasuries, but in, in investment grade corporates, we're seeing those, those uh, yields up over 5% now. So what the good news is, is that forward returns, forward looking returns for, for bonds look better than they did during the during the period following global financial crisis, you know, during that period, when you had a 10 year at, at 2%, you have to go out and you have to take more risk and because you can't get paid enough to meet your to meet your goals. Now there's a there's a chance that you can de risk to where you want to be and still meet your financial goals. Um, and that's that's the silver lining is that you can get paid again to, to invest in bonds. No, that, that's great. And you look at where rates are, right at about three or four years, you start to see rates really start to decline on the curve. And, and the natural question becomes, you know, for people that follow fixed income, is it time to extend duration? And the balance there is, if we truly are in a recession, you want to hold higher quality, you want to hold investment grade, because if we do end up in a recession and default rates rise, you'll see high yield debt go up, which is more positively correlated to the equity market. So it does make sense to stay higher quality, stay shorter with your duration, but understand that because rates have risen so fast, yes, it's been a, a negative return year to date. But as you look at what's available today and potentially forward looking in that short to intermediate space, there's opportunities that we haven't seen for a long time in that space for investors to take advantage of, especially those people looking to build a retirement paycheck or diversify away some, some equity risk. So um, good news in early October and hopefully uh, more good news next week. Speaking of looking forward, yeah. uh, how are the portfolios that you're managing set up right now, given the year we've had? And then what are some of the things that you're looking at this month that might cause you to, to, to validate where you are or change the way you're looking at things? Right. So, the number one thing that we look at is price movement. That really tells us most of, of what we want to know. And the reason that price movement is so important is because that's what people can get paid for what they own. And that's really at the end of the day, what our clients care about. You know, coming into this year, we were fully offensive and we began trimming risk um, relatively quickly as, as the year as the year began, uh, getting, you know, all the way down, we trimmed risk in all of our portfolios. So we're, we're close to full defensive uh, where we are right now. And so right now what we're, what we're looking for is not how to get more defensive, but what, where are we looking at for our reentry signals? Because eventually this will turn around. Now, it may take a while. We don't know where the market goes from here. Um, we are not prognosticators, 
but we know that eventually the market will turn around. The U.S. economy is healthy. There is inflation, but you know there is still job growth. There is, you know, there there are still uh, good things and positive things to be said about the American economy, and we're ready to get back in when we see, um, you know, some volatility calm down, and prices either move down to where we have some some downside targets and or uh, move back up to where we have you know settle down and then start to move back up so that we have some confirmation of an, of an upward trending signal. Fantastic. A couple months ago, we locked, talked about consumer sentiment and how returns typically follow those. And uh, we're, we're ebbing and flowing on the emotional roller coaster continually. After down days, two green days felt great. And uh, immediately it was the fear of missing out that kicked in, followed by a couple of more down days. One of the one of the great things that yep. you had mentioned for a lot of our clients, it is about having that institutional plan and understanding that for our clients, there will be times that you and your team are fully invested in the strategy as it makes sense for clients in their specific portfolios and that there are time we're going to take defensive measures, but it all fits into their financial plan that we've stress tested to make sure that they're getting to their goals with the fewest surprises possible. So for you and your team, uh, you do a, a great job of getting our clients from A to B. I appreciate the insight. If these are things that are helpful, we'd love to have you sign up for our newsletter. Nathan and his team are providing commentary on a regular basis. And if you'd like to talk, we're always here. Until next month, be well. Contact Executive Wealth Management at ewmadvisors.com.